Breakfast with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson. The award-winning Ponting Wines bring to you the wonderful world of wine. Been a big summer, Wisp. Right. Been a big summer out there. I'd like to have people's recommendations. They may have discovered something over the summer months that's tickled their fancy. Yes. Uh, 0433 or give us a call, 1300. What's the number? 736736. And talk to Georgie Samios, the most authoritative voice in wine in this country. And he's back for another year. Georgie boy, welcome. Good morning. Good to be back. Oh, gee, good, good to see you, George. So good to see you, given that we thought we'd lost you there for a while. Oh, no. Still hanging in. Just, uh, you okay? Came back from the overseas trip. I think you might have gone a bit hard, Wisp. Yeah, no. What happened to you? Oh, I got a little bit crook on the way home, <laughs> but all good now. All good now. Ready to go. How crook did you get? Oh, pretty crook. How crook's pretty crook? <laughs> I ended up in hospital. Priest. <laughs> <laughs> no, the priest didn't turn up, but I ended up in hospital for a couple of days. And uh, no, it was all good. Just picked up a bug in the US after having dinner with Gaz and then uh, and went downhill all the way home. How did that get, Was it oh, downhill? I don't know. It is downhill all the way home from America. No, it's not. There's a couple of uh, bounces there somewhere. But- the, the dinner, how'd that go over there in New York? Brilliant. You know, I know you warned me when we had lunch before I went to take a book because Gaz is hard to get conversation out of. Yeah. It was nothing, nothing like that. No. Great it. night. Shared plates? I, I did get there a little bit late. It was shared plates. Uh, we had the best table in the uh, restaurant, Chinese Tuxedo, if anyone's going to New York, owned by an Aussie guy. They all knew Gaz. Gaz was did the man. They? Oh, Gaz was the man at the table. He uh, got the booking. I tell you, this is, um, he's an Aussie the, the develop, he's, they're developing a new place, yep. which sounds unbelievable. An Aussie, big Aussie bar, Aussie pub down on the waterfront down the, in the, the uh, financial district. Okay. So let's just throw it out there. What would you put, if you were building a Aussie bar in New York, this is to our audience, yep. what would you have in the Aussie bar in New York? Oh, I know. 04 double three nine. What sort of memorabilia <laughs> might you put in there? I think he's got, he's got to have VB on tap. <laughs> he's going to have VB on tap. The only bar in New York with VB on tap. So. And uh, you also went to San Francisco before you got to us and checking out the wine scene over there. Tax, yeah. tax deductible. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's been a few days <laughs> in the Napa. I uh, haven't been there for a few years since before COVID, so it was good to go back there and a good time of year to be there, actually, so... Visit a few of the wine reserves. Good to see what they're doing. Is that a beautiful part of the world to visit? Uh, amazing, amazing. Uh, accommodation is beautiful. Some amazing wineries, good restaurants, and there's so many to visit. You know, I didn't get. I probably went to twenty over three or four days, and there's so many there to visit. So warm climate. So we're we talking what white wine mainly. Uh, what Cabernet. For? Cabernet's their strong suit, is it? And, and probably some of the best Cabernet in the world. In fact, I think the Cabernet vineyards there are the most expensive vineyards in the world to buy. Uh, but they make great other things. Chardonnay, probably not my style yet. They probably still use a little bit too much oak. Uh, Zinfandel's still around. Merlot's big. Um, so it's a wonderful area, but Cabernet's its strong Okay, suit. so if people were wanted to try some California wine, have you got one or two that they might be able to access if they go into their local bottle Uh It's hard to find in here in Australia. The taxation kills them and the, exchange rate, and the exchange rate mm. kills them at the moment. Right. Probably what you'll find in the stores are things like uh, Kendall Jackson, Robert Mondavi, great wines, but the best wines from over there are... Um, 
you're probably not going to see them here. You've probably got to go over there. But what did amaze me being in America, Gaz, and the night we were having dinner was a classic, that most of the restaurants over there don't have big US wine lists anymore. They're dominated by French and Italian. So I actually struggled to find restaurants that, right? that, that had a massive US wine list because I obviously wanted to try the wines. What, why is that? I don't know. Maybe it's you know complacency of what they've got and they're still focusing too much on the old world wines. I don't know. <laughs> well, they put a tab I tell you, mate, and when they gave that nomination, you, that is magnificent. Yeah. If they can get a TAB yeah. into that bar down on the waterfront in New York, they'll be on to a They'll winner. go gangbusters at Will over there. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, Georgie, lots of people texting already. Um, I want to ask George a question about rosé because um, I've oh, I've started Everywhere. I, I've started to drink rosé. I think it's a great summer wine. You're I've, late to the party. Everyone's very, been doing it for a couple of years. I know. Very, very late to the party. I yep. acknowledge that. And um, the, the Gilles, who used to make our Fiano, yep. he, he puts out a rosé too, which I hadn't tried before. And you can find it Maison Lapalus, which is uh, L-A-P-A-L-U-S and Bertrand. That's the brand. Um, he makes a great rosé, a great rosé. But there are so many different rosés around, at the moment, like the Australian rosé, obviously the French. The Italian has, it's not rosé, but they have an equivalent. Yep, and, rosato. Yep, and the Spanish as well. What's yeah. their equivalent? Uh, rosé, I think they call this. They call this rosé. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> Trying to be a wine wanker. Uh, well, up. I don't know. I actually yeah. asked the question because I don't know the answer to the question. Why so, is this trend? Like, you, you, we're like... Tim's late to the party, so rosés. Did they go through trends? Because everywhere I went over summer down there, people want to drink rosé. Yeah, there are trends. Probably the last biggest trend was Sauvignon Blanc, which was from New Zealand. And then rosé, the advantage with rosé is you can make it out of any grape variety. I think the reason why it's been successful um, is it's chilled. It looks good. It's Mm. easy to pronounce. It's refreshing. It's relatively inexpensive, so you can buy a decent bottle for less than 20 bucks. Good um, And it suits our food, where our food's going. Our food's going lighter and healthier and, yeah. and fresh. And, you know, back in the old days, it was all saucy and heavy. And so I think it's, it's – but it's global. Everywhere in the world, rosé is a phenomenon. And to go back to your original point, there's rosés and there's rosés. There's a million of them. There's dry, there's sweeter, there's some that are fermented on skins like the one that you had. Um, and the trick is to find a repertoire of the ones you like. What's your go-to rosé? Well, the one I just spoke about. Gil's one. The, the Gil's one, yeah. Yeah, and, is... and his is a little bit out there because his is um, – He's a funky winemaker. Yeah, he why. is a funky winemaker, right. and that's why you had him. And, and without getting too technical, he makes it out of – uh, red varieties, but he ferments the wine on white skins. And so Jeez. it adds some texture to the wine. Um, so it is quite technical. And Gary, you'd like it too, because there's Boy. a lot, of, no, because a lot of the rosés are, some of the better rosés are Grenache. Yeah. Well, I don't like to muck around with my Grenache. I know. Ronnie's in Romsey. He likes to muck around. Good morning, Ronnie. I reckon the rosé is really good now. I'm drinking it all the time now. Good but on you, Ronnie. What do you want to talk to George about though? Yeah, George, that uh, new restaurant that fellas are uh, doing over in America, I yeah. reckon you should serve the old. Back in the old, in the early seventies, we used to go to the pubs down at Preston and that, and we used to get curried sausages. And I reckon the old curried sausage, you know, would be uh, yeah. would be the old top over there, mate. You know what I mean? Spot on, Ronnie. Yeah. Right, we're going to pass that on to our man over there. Yeah, curried sausages with the VB. Be perfect. Yeah, the Chinese <laughs> tuskedo and have some lightly poached lobster and a, <laughs> and a nice sauté and then wander in for a curried snack. <laughs> um, with 
spent some time in the Western, this is from over there, Texas, Western District in Grampians, Grenache from Story Wines. Haven't tried it. Right. No. What about this? Write that one down. What about yeah. uh, Chronic Creek Cabernet from the Brossa Valley? Uh, no, I haven't tried that one Two. either. I mean, I'm going to the Brossa tomorrow, actually. I'll pick one up. Right. What yeah. about this? Um, somebody wants a recommendation for a good buttery Chardonnay. Uh, yeah, they're, they're a dying breed. St. Hubert's from the Yarra Valley's got one that's still got some richness and roundness. Uh, and then the US ones are the butteriness. So if you can go to a store and find something like a Robert Mondavi Chardonnay, they're pretty buttery because they still use a lot of oak, buttery. which is not really my style of Chardonnay anymore. Right. Write that down. Well, I recently went to Rutherglen and discovered Sion Wines, S-C-I-O-N. Yeah, no, someone else has mentioned them to me, and I haven't been to Rutherglen for a while. I'm due to do a trip. Uh, and when I'm up there, I always traditionally visit the old school families, but I should go check out the new guys. When were you last in a restaurant? Having a meal. Uh, last time in a restaurant was last Friday night. I went to Paper Plates in Bridge Road in Richmond. Have you noticed this trend? And Gary and I did because uh, Gary's been very keen to dine with me over oh. over the break because we now live in a I similar area. He rings me every day. Well, let's go out for breakfast. Have you franchised yourself yet? Not yet. That's right. You needed the <laughs> franchise. <laughs> well, I sent him a text to catch up, but I got an automated response. We'll get back to you in two <laughs> weeks. He, he demand well, in well, we was talking about this at the lunch and then post the lunch, and, and that well, I won't mention the name of the restaurant, but how keen they were to push wine at us while we were eating. Like, mm-hmm. have you noticed that that there's this sort of Bigger push now from restaurants maybe to be selling up on their wines during a meal or not? Uh, I haven't really noticed it, but I think it's always a focus because it is a it adds to the experience clearly, but it also adds to the ticket price. So restaurants, you know, they're struggling like lots of businesses at the moment. Costs are going through the roof. So selling an extra glass of wine makes a big difference to a restaurant. We George, could not believe how hard they were pushing. Well, this is another quick. So Georgie is is not only wine expert, but he used to have his own restaurant. So we're going to talk a lot about restaurants and food and dining out and etiquette. Mm-hmm. My I needed some advice from you. Should, if you're going to one of these lardy da expensive type restaurants, if the people you're dining with, as a as a present, are going to pick the bill up, should they tell you before you start eating or after you've finished? Uh, after. Why do you do it the other way? Well, the wisp very kindly for uh, the engagement picked up the bill after. Had I known that before, <laughs> I would have gone much harder. You would have loaded up, yeah. No, I think after's the right. Every time. Surprise every... and delight at the end. <laughs> what about this? This is uh, Johnny says, oh, spion. Uh, Johnny's getting married at Tedesca next weekend. Oh, it's oh, a great 95 Grange. Should I take it? Yes, absolutely. Take it, Johnny, and enjoy it. Georgie, be back after the break. Breakfast with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson. Extraordinary response to the wine segment. A lot of people having wine over the summer months, which is great. We've only got a minute and a half. Aaron's in Bendigo. He's got a quick call for a question for Georgie. G'day, Azza. Yeah, morning, fellas. How's it going? Good, thanks. Um, just a quick one. Uh, George, I've just moved up to Bendigo to run one of the car yards up there, and I want to know what wineries... I should be going to up here. Well, it's opportune you ask because we've also got uh, someone who's getting married in Bendigo, Liam, who wants to know the best wineries there. Uh, best winery in that area, Sutton Grange, just outside of Bendigo, the old, old horse paddocks. Uh, Peter Sidwell runs that. 
Uh, amazing Syrah, Shiraz, and Ooh. Fiano's pretty decent as well, and they make a damn good rosé. I think Gills actually was the guy that set it up, the winemaker, but they've had subsequent great winemakers there. So Sutton Grange is the one to go check out. What's our recommendation for the week? First of the year, Georgie? A little cheeky $15 Shiraz from McLeanvale called Gem Tree Dragon's Blood. What? It's an organic, biodynamic wine. Beautiful. You'll get it for 15 to 20 bucks. Whereabouts? Everywhere? Uh, everywhere. Good to see you, my friend. You Thank look you. fit and healthy. We'll talk uh, restaurants, wines, food, eating out, dining, all throughout the course of the year, every Thursday with Georgie Samios. Open lines up after eight. Whisper.